on today's show. Sometimes you're the bug, and sometimes you're the windshield. The wise words of Fred Van Vliet after the Houston Rockets get absolutely smacked 145-113 here in Boston. The Celtics not playing around with this game whatsoever. Ime Odoka makes his first return to Boston after his suspension, after leaving the Celtics organization. Um, what silver linings, if any, can we pull from this Rockets blowout loss? We're going to unpack all of it and more coming up right here on Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. No! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, Fun being a relative term. Look, um, special episode because I am standing directly on the court of TD Garden recapping this game. Uh, the court where the Rockets just got absolutely obliterated by a Celtics team that refused to miss any shots from long distance in this game uh, on their way to the 145-113 uh, bludgeoning of your Houston Rockets. But the number one thing that I want to stress here right from the jump is losses like this happen. They just do. And it's unfortunate because this this game had some some narrative weight to it, some narrative points maybe to be earned with the Celtics having been, you know, undefeated at home, Emi Udoka's return to Boston, uh, you know, it, there were there was some, you know, maybe emotional weight uh, in this game, although it didn't really feel like there was much emotional weight uh, because I don't know, it just kind of felt like another game. At least that's the way Ime was treating it uh, mentally, emotionally, when he was asked questions about his return and if he had any regrets about this team and talking about how he's handled relationships since leaving the organization because all of the Celtics reporters and beat writers had lots of questions for him pregame uh, since it was his first time back here in Boston since all that went down. But, uh, you know, games like this happen, and that's why I think Fred's quote, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield, is very important because that's what happened in this game. The Celtics are one of the best teams in the NBA, and they couldn't miss from three, and they had the extra narrative juice too because, hey, it's Ime Odoka's return. They just got embarrassed by the Milwaukee Bucks in their last game that they played. Starters you know, didn't even play the second half of that game. Like it was, They had a lot of reasons to come out and, and prove and, and have a good bounce-back game, and that's kind of what happened, right? Just a lot of things stacked against the Rockets in this one. They, had their, they were exhausted from their game uh, the night before in Detroit, a hard-fought win that didn't need to be as hard-fought as it was because the Rockets did not take care of business the way that they should have in that game. So you had so many different things stacked up against you in this one. Uh, 
and even but even still, the Rockets were competitive through roughly 18-ish minutes of this game because it was 51 to 50 with just under six minutes to go in the second quarter before the Celtics were able to kind of go on a bit of a tear, a bit of a run. Uh, I believe it was it was in 18 to eight run, yeah, 18 to eight to close the quarter and take an 11-point lead into halftime, 69-58. to 58. Not nice. Um, and sometimes that's just the way that goes, right? I mean, the Celtics shot an absolute unbelievable percentage from, from three in this game. What was the final percentage? 51.1%. And it, it, it dropped because of garbage time. Like, they were up to about 54% from three. I even looked ahead of me in, 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 in media row for during the game and uh, got the attention of uh, my colleague, John Corrales, who will be joining us later on the episode to share just some general thoughts from this one here in segment three. But uh, I even looked at him and I was like, what's the Celtics' like percentage high from three this season? Because this had to have been either the top game or at least one of the top games for this team. But uh, And it was not. Apparently it was actually uh, 57% against the Pacers when they dropped 155. My goodness. But, uh, you know... This is a Celtics team that leads the NBA in three-point attempts. They are eighth in the NBA in three-point percentage at 37.8, I believe. Uh, I don't know if that's updated after this game, technically, but they the Rockets just ran into the buzzsaw of an incredibly good team on the second night of a back-to-back, and they paid the price for it. And they actually kind of hung in there uh, through the first you know 18 or so minutes. And there is a little bit of good that we can maybe unpack from this game. Uh, I also want to run back some of the commentary from Dylan Brooks, who made his return to the Houston Rockets lineup. So a positive storyline there, getting one of the best defenders, the best defender back in the Rockets lineup will hopefully help erase some of the defensive deficiencies that this team has faced, which Dylan, actually, I got the chance to ask him about some of Ime Udoka's concerns with this team as far as their competitiveness, their physicality, and Dylan had the chance to shed some light on how he thought this team can fix those things or how they need to fix those things moving forward. So we're going to get to that and other takeaways from this one here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, I know we come to sports to escape from the realities of everyday life, but can we talk about just, you know, preparing for everyday life here for just a moment? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right now in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which is honestly pretty scary stuff to consider, right? I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a close friend or a loved one got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the medications that they needed. Thankfully, you don't have to worry about that because Jace Medical has you covered. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections and illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, so many different things that could happen to any one of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's go ahead and run back the post-game clip of Dylan Brooks, who I got the chance to ask about 
you know, the two points that Ime Odoka highlighted, the lack of competitiveness at the start of the third quarter, and then the lack of physicality in this game. I asked Dylan, how do you fix those things moving forward? He also talked about highlighting kind of the lack of competitiveness there, maybe in the third quarter, uh, as well as the physicality not quite being up to par. How do you fix those things moving forward? Um, continuously talking about it. Uh, and then, you know, trying to will it, will it out of players. Um, defense is what keeps you in games, what makes you play. Um, and ultimately, uh, what wins you, you know, championships and gets you to the playoffs. So, you know, we got to figure out, you know, with every single one of our players, defense comes first and the offense comes later. And I think that, uh, you know, right now in this week, we're not focused on that end. Okay, so some post-game thoughts from Dylan Brooks, who made his uh, debut, his return to the Houston Rockets lineup. More on that here in just a second. But I really did think that what Dylan said was so important because, right, keep in mind, this is a Rockets team that even though they've had a defensive identity this season, they've adopted that mentality, that identity under Ime Udoka, we have seen that identity start to slip without the right personnel on the floor. Now, part of that's just, right, having Dylan Brooks and Tari Eason out there makes you a better defensive team. But I do think there's something to, to be said for having – better, more defensive-minded players, guys who could actually execute some of the things that Ime wants to do on that side of the floor, kind of makes the other guys play better as well, right? Because if you've got a bunch of guys out there who are all, you know, struggling defensively, if you're not if you're not competing defensively with a Dylan Brooks and Atari Eason every single night, you don't want to be the discrepancy. You don't want to look up and down the five guys on the court and be like, oh my God, Dylan and Tari are so much better than me. I, I got to pick it up and play harder on defense because I don't want to look like a bad defender compared to them. I think there's something to be said for that. So without having those guys in the Rockets lineup, you know, the Rockets defense has just kind of slipped a little bit. And so Dylan highlighting the fact that he thinks that the focus really hasn't been on the defense. And I would largely kind of agree with him because this Rockets team, you know, over this last you know couple weeks or so, since really ever since Dylan left the lineup, you know, they've They've been in some shootouts with some teams. They've had some hot offensive performances, but they really haven't been themselves with that defensive identity. And again, missing him, missing Tari is part of that recipe, but it's also just the desire on a nightly basis that the young guys have to you know, put forward. And it's, look, it's not Jabari here. It, it really is. It's, it's, it's Jalen Green and it's Alper and Shingun here that, that Dylan, I think, is you know, subtweeting maybe just a little bit as far as the focus needing to be more on the defensive side of the ball. And we've seen it. Look, it's, you know, I, and I don't want people to get upset or get defensive or whatever about Jalen and Alpi. There are moments, there are games where the energy isn't right, where the physicality, the competitiveness, the things that Ime Odoka is highlighting, the frustrations that he's sharing post game. There's moments where those guys aren't as locked in as they need to be or as effective as they need to be on the defensive side of the basketball. And that, that comes from energy that you know and even Fred talked about it post game that's you know competitiveness is not is non-negotiable that has to be something that is there every game he highlighted he said look you know you're going to you're going to make mistakes you're going to have some 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 games are going to go your way others are not 50-50 balls you know make or miss league like he gave us all all the different uh you know, all the different phrases, all the different uh, buzzwords for like a traditional NBA answer. But he he circled it back to make the point that the one thing that is non-negotiable is competitiveness, right? You have to come out and compete hard every single game. And it did feel like there in the 
third quarter, the Rockets just came out. I mean, the Celtics came out to uh, the tune of a 7-0 run to start the game. Rockets were scoreless until Jalen Green hit a three-pointer uh, about two-ish minutes into the quarter, two and a half minutes into the quarter. And it just felt like the Rockets were almost kind of resigned to losing at that point which I get it. Again, so many different things stacked against this Rockets team. You don't want to make a a mountain out of a molehill from this game because, again, I think it's very simple to just look and say insanely hot shooting night for the Celtics, a game where, yes, there were some, some defensive breakdowns. Yes, there was some stuff that Ime Udoka and the Rockets were trying to do differently in this game, and Ime highlighted the fact they tried some different defensive schemes. They tried to execute some new stuff in this game. They were a bit more aggressive on guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown trying to force the ball out of their hands. They were trapping them. They were sending a second man to them. They were cheating off of Kristaps Porzingis, a guy that they thought that they could maybe get away with doing that, you know, kind of uh, you know, cheating off of him, stunting, getting back to him, and, and rotating the defense that way. And credit to the Boston Celtics, who were just absolutely unconscious from three in this game. Everybody was hitting their shots. KP was hitting his shots. Derek White was hitting his shots. And there's just there's not much you can do when Tatum has it going and Brown has it going and all of the Celtics supporting cast has it going. Like it's just it's it's pretty much game over at that point. So there's no reason to Honestly, really, like I don't, I don't find myself upset at this Rockets loss. I don't think this is a game that they they should have won by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it's a good learning opportunity to say, hey, let's get back to what we can't, what we know we can be, what we want to be defensively as a team. I think there were some some good things that can be taken from this game. The fact that Ime Odoka is now kind of opening up the playbook a little bit defensively, exploring some different concepts, wanting to introduce some new schemes, being a bit more aggressive at times on certain you know star players because um, we've seen kind of more or less you know some some creative coverages this year, but by and large the Rockets kind of just stick to their switch everything defensive scheme, and they really like to force you to beat them one on one. That's why they're such a good defensive team this season, and that that scheme really works a lot of the time, but sometimes you got to be able to throw something different at another team. And the Rockets tried to throw something different at the Celtics, and it didn't quite work in this game. Uh, it's a, it's some fresh concepts that Ime's throwing at the team. We'll see if they try those concepts again in their upcoming games against the 76ers with Tyrese Maxey, maybe against the New York Knicks with Jalen Brunson. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a recurring thing that this Rockets team is going to start trying to work on. But uh, I will say that some of the Silver linings from this game. One, just getting Dylan Brooks back. Silver lining number one. That's important. Um, just having him back in the in the rotation, in the lineup, is going to be huge for this Rockets team. Also to kind of, again, to extend that message to impress upon the young guys that defense needs to be a focus for this team always. It needs to be the first focus for this team. Don't worry about the offense. Play the defense first. The offense will come. And then I want to highlight here uh, Cam Whitmore, who... Well, two two people, Cam Whitmore and you know Alper and Shingun, who was just going at Porzingis all game, uh, and you know it's it's but it's a routine thing with Alpi. It doesn't matter if he's got a bigger guy on him, a smaller guy on him, he's going to be in attack mode and looking to score and looking to make plays. Uh, I thought Cam was pretty solid in this game, and and he continues to make the most of his minutes when he is on the floor, and it's very clear that. Uh, Ime Odoka has now kind of adjusted his rotation to where Reggie Bullock has kind of leapfrogged uh, Aaron Holiday in the Houston Rockets rotation. So that seems to be a new thing uh, coming from the Detroit Pistons game, now this game. So 
ultimately, this was a game that got blown up and was over by the midway point in the third quarter. Jason Tatum took exception to a non-call that, you know, should have been called when you when you saw the replay, but took exception to a non-call, got a technical, you know, kept pushing the issue, got a second technical, and basically Jason Tatum took the night took the night off. He was like, "All right, game's over. You know, we're, we've got a comfortable lead. I'm just going to yell at the ref and get thrown out because he he basically took off work early. Essentially, um, Celtics put in their numbers, they put in their work, and it's just one of those where it's a it's kind of a forgettable game for the Rockets because. It happened, and you got blown out. You got beat by a significantly better team, and it's just a, a steady reminder of kind of where the Rockets at. They're still trying to find themselves, right? They've still got some kinks to be ironed out as a team. They are in desperate need of shooting. You cannot win a game where the shooting discrepancy from three is as drastic as it was in this one. So that's an area that Rafael Stone is going to have to address if this Rockets team really wants to make any significant amount of noise this season. But the good thing about the NBA season and the schedule is you've got another game right around the corner, uh, really right around the corner because they play early, early as hell on Monday uh, at noon central time, I believe, on Monday. So a midday game after a back-to-back, which is kind of a brutal scheduling quirk there uh, that the Rockets have to you know, have such a quick turnaround and go to Philadelphia to play that game. And then they've got the Knicks right after that. So they've got a couple more games on this road trip. Hopefully they can you know, salvage a win or two out of those so they don't walk away one and five on this road trip with a incredibly close call against the Detroit Pistons as their only win. That would be a really disappointing outcome for this road trip if you're the Houston Rockets. But we're almost here at the midway mark of the NBA season, and this Rockets team is about where they, you know, well, still ahead of schedule, actually. Their, you know, their win totals were floating around the 31.5 mark as far as predictions go, and they're well ahead of schedule. So I think you still have to be cautiously excited and optimistic about where this team is at, where they find themselves. And maybe they're kind of, you know, regressing, coming back down to earth a little bit with this really rough stretch of schedule they've got in front of themselves. But uh, coming up, we don't want to do our final segment. We'll have a fun guest appearance from Locked on Celtics host John Corrales. Just general thoughts from this Rockets-Celtics game. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, and all you have to do is wager $5. It really is that simple. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can even make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get involved in the NFL postseason action. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, and joining us now is a guy that knows Ime Udoka pretty well. A little bit. Spent a little time covering him. Uh, John Corrales from Locked On Celtics, and we are here. Uh, I get the main stage of TD Garden. Uh, John has so kindly said that he would move off to the corner so that I could do my show over here uh, with the leprechaun in the background and all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, talking about this Rockets really ugly loss. It was just this was a beatdown well, almost all the way through. It felt like uh, a good team in the Celtics taking like a young scrappy team that had like. I was impressed with a lot of what I saw. I was really impressed early on with Alperen Shingun just going mm-hmm. right at Kristaps Porzingis. No fear. 
it was a good team kind of figuring out like okay this is this is how they're playing this is what they're getting away with this is what they're doing and okay a little bit of a was it a five point lead or whatever it was at the end of one and then it goes to an 11 point lead and then third quarter comes out and Jalen Brown goes ballistic and it, it was good team just kind of doing what they need to do against a team that's not ready for prime time and then on top of it they hit a million three-pointers. You got outscored by like 50 at the three-point line. No team, nowhere, no how gets gets past getting outscored by 50 at the three-point line. No, the, the math advantage was absolutely insane in this game. And what's funny is Ime Udoka talked about the fact that he tried a couple different things this game, you know, some new defensive concepts, wanted to load up a little bit more, show a couple extra bodies to guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, trying to slow them down, talked about the execution not quite being there all the way in this one. But the Rockets really just didn't have an answer for anything that Jason Tatum wanted to do throughout the first half of this game. And, yeah, you know, I think part of that problem is that this is a different Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum that Ime Udoka left. We've got to remember, this is not his first – it's his first game back, but it's not his first season since they left. They had a whole full season last year, and in this year they're taking another step, Jalen Brown especially. And we even joked about it. A couple of us were joking around on the on the press row where we were like, Ime's probably looking at, each, looking at guys like, I thought Jason Tatum couldn't handle these double teams. I thought Jalen Brown couldn't handle these double teams. So, yeah, they tried a lot of things, and, and, you know, he has that kind of intimate knowledge of some of these guys, but they've grown and they've evolved, and I think, I think Jason has gotten really good at finding other, play, other, other teammates, and Jalen especially has gotten good at finding other teammates and kind of creating these, these opportunities for guys like Porzingis and, and, and Derek White and Drew Holiday and you can you can load up on them if you want, and I think this is why the Celtics advance to beyond championship caliber to championship like favorite is those two guys' ability to get off the ball and kind of punish you for saying, "Oh, well, we don't want you to beat us." But like, okay, no problem. You got three <laughs> other guys right here yeah. that can do a pretty good job at beating you. Do do a little bit of damage. Those those other guys can. Um, you know, Ime Odoka had what is quite possibly the quote of the night. We've got two competing quotes here. So we have the one from Fred Van Vliet, the windshield quote. So there's that uh, number one option. Ooh, and then the, oh yeah, he said he said tonight, uh, you're either, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. <laughs> that was that was his his main takeaway from yeah. this game. Uh, Ime Odoka's quote though was, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but essentially something along the lines of, I wish that people had guarded Jason and Jalen the way that we guarded them tonight back when I was here. <laughs> it was more or less like his quote. And so those are the two quotes that we've got That's competing. Uh, so if you're in the YouTube comments, let us know which quote wins the battle between those two from Fred Van Vliet and Ime Odoka. But John, what was it like for you just you know seeing Ime back in this building? That was obviously one of the biggest stories for this game. Maybe, you know, the wind coming out of the sails a little bit with the Rockets being on the second night of a back-to-back. And, yeah. you know, they were kind of had the had the deck stacked against them in this game. They're not 100% healthy with no Tari Eason. But put up a good fight for about 18 minutes or so in this game. So it's kind of funny. Like my, my post-game story for Boston Sports Journal, where I do my writing and I cover the Celtics, was that the Celtics just do want nothing to do with narratives this season. They've had multiple opportunities to kind of follow a script, like Marcus Smart, reunion in Memphis. That didn't go... Drew Holiday reunion in, in Milwaukee. Obviously, talk about bug and windshield. They they were the bug in that situation. Ime Udoka coming back. This was a perfect 
like time for a bunch of guys post game to give your standard quotes and blah blah blah, and everybody has a nice little story. No one, no one's playing along with that. They don't care. They don't care. Um, it's nice. It was nice for Ime to be back here. Uh, I'm sure the, the guys were, you know, the, you know, Jalen and Ime had the moment standing right there, mm-hmm. you know, of of him running out of bounds and all that stuff. And it's all nice. It's all nice. And you know, for me, getting to see Ime again, like, you know, after he was done with the with the uh, media availability pregame walks by stops and says hi to me and you know because when you're covering a team you develop a little bit of a rapport uh and that that's all fine but also he did what he did that happened a long time ago and the celtics are really good and so everybody's just kind of moved forward even before the game i wasn't sure what would the reaction be and there was like this smattering of applause this smattering of booze we're all looked at each other and we're like mixed reaction and I think I think that's a testament to how good the Celtics are right now, and how is that it wasn't a bigger story, right? Well, right. If they had if they had been if they'd been struggling at all, maybe there'd be some like, oh, you know, we're not we're not that good, and you know, you need Ime. They they screwed up. It, how bad was it really? What he did and that kind of mentality. But having him back in this circumstance, I think everybody's just like, okay, yeah, you you were here for a year. We're you know it was a, a nice a nice year, but. You know, we're we're moving on. You know, did I miss it? Did did he make it a tribute video? No, right? Nope. No tribute video. Yeah, I was like, in my head, it's one of those things, right? Whenever an ex-coach, ex-player visits their former Boy, organization, that weird. a little bit, yeah. So maybe a good PR decision to not run the Ime Odoka in tribute video. In fact, I and this is just so. Me. Wait, would you have been opposed to it, the idea, or would you do like? Because I mean, that's a weird been, one, right? It would have been weird. It would have been weird. Like he didn't like the. He was suspended by the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like they didn't want to, like, they wanted to move past this. And this is why, like, normally, the I, I you know, when you're covering a game, you're in the arena every time. There's a cadence, right? You can almost, like, count the beats between this player introduction, the coach introduction, the music hits. I swear when they said, and the head coach Ime Udoka. And usually there's like a beat before the big music and all of the Celtics side of the introduction go. I don't even think that Eddie Palladino, the in arena uh, PA guy, got, got the final uh out of his mouth before that music hit. And so I think the Celtics were just like, don't even give the crowd just, a chance just to react. Blow right past just the stop sign, just all right, the way exactly. through. Exactly. You just it's a rolling stop. You're like, it's okay, and head coach Zemo Jacob, boom, everybody look at the Jumbotron. They're introducing the Celtics. <laughs> like, so they didn't want anything. They just want to move past this as much as possible. The fact that it was a blowout win, everybody, like, I think the front office is probably happy about that. There's no, like, Ime comes back and beats the Celtics in some storyline of, if only Ime was still here. Like, they didn't want any of that stuff. So this this kind of went perfectly from the Celtics' perspective. And if you want the full Celtics' perspective, you can check him out over at Locked On Celtics. Go see his recap of this game. John, always a pleasure to be able to talk ball with you, man. Yeah, it's a good time. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked On Rockets, live from the floor of TD Garden, the, the murder scene, if you will, of the Houston Rockets. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. Uh, Check us out on YouTube. Search Locked on Rockets. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Choose your favorite quote. 
the Fred VanVleet windshield quote or Ime Udoka with his uh, defense and way they were guarding quote. So pick that one. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.